So I want to hear us singing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You want to thank our Father.
bright and deadly from the chiropractic and wellness center. They want to have a short discussion with us. We have three presentations to do today. Is Dr. Anson here? Dr. Anson, are you around? Okay. So, Bright and Delhi will set the ball rolling with a very short presentation, 15, 25 minutes, on spinal health. I bet you'll enjoy it. I've had uh, an adjustment before. When I was in school, I was holding uh, my laptop, and my laptop was wearing on one side of my shoulder, and I was feeling excruciating pain, and I had to go for a sublux, uh, uh, an adjustment. I had a subluxation, I had to go for an adjustment. I did the x-ray at my back, and it showed very, very serious things. After two adjustments, I was good to go. Two adjustments. The, the woman twisted my neck, I thought I was dying. She just turned my neck, I heard, I said, Jesus, what is this? But after that, the pain vanished, like they do in testimony time. I came, and the Lord touched me, and the pain what? Vanished. So put your hands together for Bright and Delhi. Amen. Oh, put your hands together for them well. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Good morning to you, church. How are you doing? I salute all the leadership in the house and every single person here, all protocol observe. Am I allowed to flow? Oh, if I'm allowed to flow, say an amen. amen. You're all looking beautiful this morning, beautiful song ministration, and we are here to share with you something beautiful as well that is going to enhance, it's going to improve, extend, and save your life. I believe the, the, the MC has done a good job already. You might be asking, who are we? Okay, as he rightly said, my name is Bryce, she's Delhi, and we are chiropractic examiners from the award-winning chiropractic and wellness centers situated in the heart of East Legon. Our CEO is Dr. Marcus Mans, who pioneered chiropractic in Ghana 17 years ago. We pioneered chiropractic in Ghana. And our operations manager is Mr. Philip Rayma. And what we are going to share with you, if you give us your attention, it is going to take you away from medication. And like what he rightly said, at our centers, we see a lot of miracles. Yes, we've recorded over 652 testimonies in this year alone. Based on these things, we are going to share with you and the remarkable work that is going on at our center that has been recognized in the whole of West Africa. In the, in, in the year 2015 and 16. We were, we were recognized as the most outstanding chiropractic institution in the whole of West Africa. Oh, I thought you were going to clap for us. We are putting Ghana on the map when it comes to health. Yeah, and two other awards you'll get to know later. Without splitting hairs and wasting time, for the few minutes you are going to clap your hands, we are receiving Delhi, my colleague chiropractic examiner, and she's going to share with you principles that governs health and well-being that has guaranteed these mind-blowing testimonies we are seeing at our center. Oh, let's do it better for her again. Good morning to you all. Are you happy to be in the house this morning? I want to hear a shout of amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for this great opportunity. 
Opportunities like this are scarce and it's hard to come by. Am I saying the truth? Yeah, so if you get the opportunity this morning, you have to thank your maker, isn't it? You have to thank your maker that you are alive, isn't it? Right. So as Bright rightly said, we are from the Chiropractic and Wellness Center. And I have a lot of things to share with you, but because of time, I'm going to be brief. It's just going to take me seven minutes, then we are done. So I want everybody to pay rapt attention. If you have your notes, if you have your phone, just record everything that we're going to share right now. Okay? All right. So our CEO, Dr. Marcus Manns, is writing on a book called The Seven Main Purities. Now, these purities, we call them the act of life. And without these purities, you cannot move. You cannot do anything. There are seven, but I'm going to touch on only one. So I'm going to brush through the seven. The first one is pure food. The second is pure air. The third is pure water. The fourth is pure, pure movement. The fifth is pure sleep. The sixth is pure thought. And the last one I'm going to touch is pure power. Okay, so pure power. We all know that for one to live in life, it depends on your lifestyle, the way you move, the way you eat, the way you talk. Everything that you do depends on your lifestyle. And over 90% of death rates are caused by our own lifestyle. The gunshots, the water floods, the fire outbreaks are the ones that make the news these days. But the truth is, have you ever thought or have you ever heard that Someone with a headache and died has made the newspapers before. Is it possible? Have you heard that before? Have you heard that someone with cancer has made the news before? Have you heard that someone with a back pain, with stroke and died has made the news before? But they made the 90% of death rate in Ghana. So these things that we're going to teach with you now, we are going to teach you now, are laws, the rules. So if you break them, you face the consequences with your body. Your body reacts to it. So you take critical attention or you pay critical attention. Now, what produces the electricity in Ghana? Or where does electricity come from? Akosombo, is that not it? So if Akosombo decides to... Take off our light. What happens? There will be dim saw. Is that not it? There's going to be doom saw. Right. Our nervous system. This is a spine model. So I'm going to use that to illustrate my pure power. Now, our nervous system is the power pack. That's the spine. It's the power pack of our body. So, if this power pack decides to have doom saw, as you see me now, you can see me. You can be able to touch me. You can do anything because this is the electricity power of your body. I'm going to teach you three things. I'm going to teach you some few things that you do that brings about what our MC called subluxation. Now, when we talk about subluxation, subluxation is the interference in the nervous system. It's a blockade in the nervous system. 
Now the things you do, daily activities, the way you sleep, the way you talk, the way you eat, the way you stand, in one way or the other, is either leading you to your grave or giving you good health and vitality. So, if I decide today that, or uh, as I'm sitting now, my heart, my heart decides to malfunction, I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm going to have other heart-related diseases. Is that not it? Right. So now this is how messages go through in the body. The brain, that is the skull, is up there. That's my head. And then I have the spinal cord. I have the spinal nerves. These are the branches. And I have individual bones that we call the vertebrae that holds the spine together. Now, messages are formed by what? The brain sending down messages through the spinal cord, through the nerves, to all parts of the body. The body also gives feedback up the spinal cord, through the nerves, to the brain. So, assuming that, as I said, assuming that if I have a heart attack, this is what happens. In the area where the, the vertebra is blocked, that is where the area, the area where message from the brain to the parts of the heart it's been blocked. That's, that means what? There's a vertebrae that is sitting on the nerve. So I can't have accurate information in that part of the body. So I start feeling what? Heart attacks. I start having what? Asthma. I start having what? Other heart-related diseases. So all I'm talking about that if you have your spine, that is not in correct alignment. That is where your heart headache is coming from. That is where your stomach ache is coming from. That is where your ulcer is coming from. That is where all the diseases you can mention is coming from. It's not coming from anywhere. It's your lifestyle. Now, there are certain stresses that we go through in life. There are three in all. We have the emotional stress, we have the chemical stress, we have the physical stress. When we talk about chemical stress, we are talking about what? In taking of what? Medications. Medications have side effects. Then we are talking of what? Inhaling of toxic substances, smoking, drinking. They are all toxic. It's chemical. When they go into the body, they cause subluxation to the spine. We are talking of emotional stresses. We are talking of what? Sadness. We are talking of what? Extreme anger. Some of us, we get angry to the extent that nobody can start in front of us. You dare not. We get angry to the extent that our shoulders are up high this way, and then very soon we'll start walking that way. Because we have gotten angry for so long, and anytime you get angry, your shoulders are up this way, so you are going to start that way. Then I'm talking about what mood swings. The ladies with the mood swings. In the point of time, five minutes you're happy, five seconds you're sad. Nobody says, no. In the five minutes I'm joking with you right now, in the next three minutes I can't come close to you. You are putting stress on the spine. Then I come to the physical stress. The physical stress, we are talking about what? Accidents. We are talking about what? Sleep and falls. We are talking about what? The birthing process. Now, when we say the birthing process, in the olden days, we can see that our mothers, when they want to give birth, they squat for the babies to come out, isn't it? We have the force of gravity pushing the babies out naturally. But these days, the doctors want to help us. And even the main reason why they want to help us is that when our mothers get pregnant these days, they are lazy. They don't want to do anything. They are stuck at one place. And then our daddies will have to do all the job. 
they get their maid to do all their jobs for them. At that time, that is when you have to be active. You have to be active for the baby to be strong. So when you get, go to the hospital, the doctor doesn't help you to give your baby. The baby comes out with the force of gravity. But since that is the norm, when we go, the doctors help us to give birth. So I'm going to give birth with Bright right now. Okay? All right. So this way. All right. So as I'm giving birth, Bright is the pregnant woman and I'm the mother. I'm the doctor, sorry. I have the one hand in the ears of the baby and then one beneath the C1 bone. This way. And I'm helping Bright to give birth. So push and pull, I twist and turn the neck of the baby. Push and pull, I twist and turn the neck of the baby. As the baby comes out, the baby comes out with a health, a lot of health problems. The baby comes out dumb. The baby cannot hear, cannot see. The baby comes out with a lot of nostrils problems. Now, there's this researcher, Dr. Gadman, that researched that over 80% of infants that he examined after birth came out with subluxations and have a lot of what? Sinus trouble, they have cervical problems, they have neck problems, their neck are tilted to the other side. So if you're here today and then your mom gave birth to you, in that form where the doctor has to push the baby out, you all have subluxation. Now, <laughs> it's real. It's real. I'm going to talk about something else. If you hear a lady and then you put on your heels, the heels is not a function. You put it to work. You wait to work. You go to the market, it's on you. You wait everywhere you go. Do you know what you're doing? I'm not saying we shouldn't put on heels, ladies, but it shouldn't be a habit. When you put on the heels, you are telling God that I want to be tall. You are adding more height to your height, and then you are shifting your pelvic region. That is why you have the, what, the menstrual cramps. You don't have the menstrual cramps because your mom has it. It's not normal. It's your lifestyle. Because you are blocking a nerve in your pelvic region. So the blood flow has to come in the form of what? Cramps. The men that put the wallet at their back pocket and sit on it. That even when they are taking the money to their ladies, they have to show off. You are hurting yourself. You are blocking the pelvic region and so soon your yin and yang will not be functioning. You can't have good sex with your wives on bed. You will be impotent. It's the truth. Now our children that we give the what? The school bags to. They load their school bags to the extent that the bag is even heavier than the school, uh, the person carrying it. They walk this way because the bag is heavy. Very soon he's going to have scoliosis. That means the upper back is going to be higher than the lower back. I'm going to give you a scenario. Everything I'm saying here, you think it's a joke, but it's the truth. I have a three-year-old boy that comes to the center with the mom. When they came, they were crying. What happened? The child is having scoliosis. The baby has deformed totally. Totally. And they were crying severely. Very severe. Day in, day out, the mom says they don't sleep. They have sleepless nights because of this boy. Just because he was what? Carrying heavy See. bags. All too soon. Okay. Your time. <laughs> All right. All so. too soon. Okay. Just some two minutes. Okay. Before I wrap up, we are here to give you the opportunity. 
to do your checkup. And that's what? The nervous system checkup. It's 150, but we've discounted it to 95 cities. Wow. So envelopes will go around as you do, as you write your name and then your number on the envelope, you deposit 95, 50 cities, 30 cities, 40 cities. That is going to let us get a slot for you because at our center, we see a lot of people. Book, you have to and book. And that is what? You have to book. <laughs> yes, we will book. Uh -huh. Yes. So we will call you to do the booking because you cannot just walk in. So 30 cities, 40 cities, 50 cities. And then we call you, we give you the day and time you have to come for your checkup. Now, this checkup consists of a consultation. We have a scan. We use a technology called the Insight Millennium scan, uh, Technology. That is used to check the functioning of your nervous system. After which you get a soothing massage. Two free soothing massages after everything. So thank you all, and then thanks for the opportunity. God bless you. Put your hands together for them. Oh, I think they deserve a more resounding hallelujah. I mean, these things and they are life, they are life to you. Amen. Um, if, if you are in this part of the world, hardly will you go for a massage. And will you go and check your spine? But these things are powerful and they are important. And as you grow, we are a young um, church. As you grow and you get into bigger positions, you realize the importance of some of these things. So please take advantage of them and be blessed. Our church is blessed to have wonderful health practitioners, excellent ones in very high places. And I want to pay glowing tribute to some of them here before we go to our next presentation. We have our, our very own uh, women's director. She's a, she's a nurse by profession. A powerful nurse by profession of many years of practice before she went into full-time women's ministry directing. Can we please put our hands together for our mama, Dignes Grace Lucy Yebua Eshiyama. Can we please acknowledge you with a wave? Thank you very much. We have so many doctors here. If you're a doctor here, give me a wave. If you're a doctor here, give me a wave. Wow, wow. Uh -huh. The answers have how many doctors? Three or so. If you're a pharmacist here, give me a wave. Uh -huh. Farm. We have pharmacists around. Oh, can we see you? Can we see you on your feet, please? Let's acknowledge you. <laughs> All right. So today we have one of our senior doctors here. He's also a former PENSA president for KNUST. Um, we have, um, he's now a resident at the Department of Radiology in Kolebu Teaching Hospital. He'll be doing one of the presentations. And we, we also have Mr. Emmanuel Tob Tobo. I mean, when I was a kid, I was listening to What Do You Know? And if you know about the Tobo Brothers, don't try. This is one of the Tobo Brothers. The senior Tobo is, is a doctor, and these guys are too good. So our church is blessed to have Emmanuel Tobo, who is a medical laboratory scientist at the Dansuman Polyclinic. And we also have Raphael Nicholas Mayedin, is an elder of the Church of Pentecost to do the presentation for us. Can we put our hands together for Emmanuel Tobo? Good morning and praise the Lord. 
Um, when you see me here, it doesn't mean I'm an elder. I've not been elevated yet. It's just by virtue of today's uh, health talk that I'm enjoying that privilege. So we thank God for, you know, mercies and <laughs> opportunities like this. Amen. Um, we are going to talk about the medical screening. And I am concentrating on the laboratory tests. For the purpose of the health screening for today, we are just limiting it to three tests. Malaria, hepatitis B, and then um, fasting blood sugar, or what we call the sugar test for that matter. So I had um, information just last night, impromptu, but I just hope to give off my best. Amen. I'll start with the most difficult, being the hepatitis B. I want to see by hand any of us who have ever done the hepatitis B test before. You've ever done the test and followed up subsequently with the screening. So the few who have done, it means that they have had that prior knowledge or information and have availed themselves to do it. But um, as a church which is that versatile, having several programs in a year, including this business fair and health screening, I think it's a blessing unto members that those of us who haven't yet done hepatitis B would, you know, take advantage of that. So let me start with that one. When they say hepatitis B or hepatitis, for that matter, what do they mean by that? From, you know, the medical term itis. Anything ending with itis means an inflammation. So prostatitis, whatever itis. Hepa is simply the liver cells. So hepatitis is inflammation of the liver. Now, what brings this about? There are several causes. Some may be microorganisms in nature. Some also may be purely by lifestyle, like you are an alcohol addict, or if by microorganism, then um, by viral infection. I'm going to concentrate on the cause by viral infection because that's the specific test we are going to conduct. Now, hepatitis B. Let me start by what the liver does in terms of function. You may liken the liver to the engine of a vehicle. Now, with an, uh, a vehicle's engine malfunctioning, I think the car will ground to a halt, isn't it? The car would never, never move. So that's basically what the liver does. You may just take things for granted, but if your liver just becomes non-functional, there that you realize its importance. Some of its functions are it helps, you know, to detoxify the body of, you know, toxic substances, drugs in themselves that are used to cure diseases. When you take in a medicine, is this same liver that sort of, that's what we call the conjugation, it detoxifies it so that the good components of the drug can be useful to the body. Now, with even a mention of this one function of the liver, if the liver is, I mean, damaged, can it do that detoxification function? It cannot. So it will mean that it will have its adverse effects. So hepatitis B, which we are going to test, is caused by hepatitis B virus. Now, when this virus infects the body, it just goes straight to the liver cells. Like I said, the liver cells are called the hepatocytes. 
So its inflammation is hepatitis. And when the you know, virus attacks those hepatocytes, it leads to an inflammation. When things get out of hand, leads to liver scarring, like a scar. When you, know, you have a cut, the liver, the whole structure of the liver, the architecture becomes damaged. And then when things go on to that so worse, then we have what we call the liver cancer. So it's in stages. Now, someone may ask, why is it that, you know, we usually don't see people uh, manifesting hepatitis B? Actually, it does manifest when things get out of hand. What we call the signs and symptoms. When you are infected, you know, it usually shows in the form of yellowness of the eyes, what we call the jaundice. That's when things get so worse. You may have joint pains. You may have fevers, chills. It's not too different, you know, from the symptoms of uh, H1N1 and swine flu and what have you. You can only tell if you have hepatitis B through a test. Why am I saying so? Aside you demonstrating those signs and symptoms, you can be an asymptomatic carrier. You know, you have it, but you are just not manifesting its signs and symptoms. It doesn't mean that you are lucky. A tiny percentage of people may, you know, go away with it and may not necessarily manifest the adverse effects. But if you are not lucky, once infected, then it starts to get so bad, like I said, cirrhosis, liver cancer. Then you want to find out how you get infected by this uh, virus. Hepatitis B is a DNA, you know, it's nucleic acid structure. It's more of a DNA. I, I don't want to go too much into, you know, the uh, genomic aspects of it. But it's just, you know, has a structure of HIV, AIDS. They all are of the, you know, DNA kind of viruses. So that would mean that the ways that you are infected with HIV, similarly, hepatitis B2, you are infected as such. Infected body fluids, blood. One thing about hepatitis B is that it's 100 times more infectious than HIV. Um, it is so because HIV, um, it cannot survive under too much exposure outside the body. At most five minutes, it should start dying off. But hepatitis B virus, once it gets outside the body and you are exposed to it, more than 100 times of, uh, that of HIV, you can be infected. So, if you remember, I said you may have it, but not showing signs and symptoms. That puts you and your friends, your loved ones, relatives at risk. Because the fact that you are not manifesting it doesn't necessarily mean that if you have a cut, you share anything that exposes body fluids from you, the infected person, to your friend and loved one, that person may not be affected. You can actually infect someone. So it's good to test once it's tested, if you are negative, then you follow up with vaccination. Um, I'm going to touch on that. It is almost useless to test and find yourself, you know, being negative and you follow up with a vaccination. Because being negative means that you are free of the virus, at least for now. But if you don't follow up immediately with a vaccination, it means that, I mean, the next moment you step out and get exposed, you who were, you know, hitherto negative can be infected. 
and you would lose that your, you know, protection uh, status. So once you come and you do the testing, as we would, you know, conduct at our stand just behind here, and you are negative, you follow up with the vaccination. Unfortunately, the vaccination doesn't come for free, but in case uh, you are not ready for it now, you may come to me at the Dansuma Polyclinic, and then I would have to repeat. Emphasis is I would have to repeat, because the fact that you are negative here, if you come to Dansuman, I wouldn't just jump onto your test result history over here. I'll have to repeat once it's negative, then, you know, I do the vaccination. Um, I think, yeah, let me just hammer slightly on the other test. As for blood glucose, as we call it, fasting blood glucose, but you may not have adequate information. If you've eaten before, you can still come and we would do it what we call the random blood glucose, where we check your blood for glucose. Why do we do glucose tests? If you have, you know, a lot of glucose lodged in your veins, it's not available to your body tissues to use. The body depends on glucose for energy. If it's not available, then it has, you know, catastrophic effects, what we call the metabolic nightmare. You know, due to our lifestyle, busy people like above, journalists, what have you, because of pressures of work and what have you, you hear young people dying. It's all because of elevated blood glucose. You are walking around, you think you are, you know, okay. You come there, we'll check, then there's a lot of trouble. So whether you've eaten or not, you can come over. Malaria, everybody knows what malaria is. If you feel feverish and what have you, you can also come around and we check it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Put your hands together for him. Amen. You can see he's a very bright guy. These are the kind of students that when you are in class with, they intimidate you. Intimidating guys. Talking about genomic things and DNA. Very complex things. Okay. Can we clap for him again for intimidating us? Thank you very much. Okay, all right. So we want to go on uh, to our last presentation uh, before we, we leave here. We have, um, like I said, Rafael Nicolas Mayeding, doctor, a very quiet guy. He speaks very quietly, but I'm sure you'll be blessed. Put your hands together for him. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. All right, um, for the next... 10 to 15 minutes uh, would look at lifestyle diseases. Um, I'm projecting so you can uh, follow. I think that um, recent occurrences in our media landscape, talking about the deaths of very prominent and vibrant young men and women, uh, makes the fact that lifestyle diseases is becoming a menace in Ghana uh, reality, and so it's good that we uh, learn a thing or two about it. All right, um, so the Bible tells us that we are uh, tripartite beings, spirit, soul, and body. And WHO says that um, health is not just the absence of disease, but being in a state of balance between all the three aspects of our human life. It's what makes a man 
uh, healthy. And in medicine, there's this concept we call nature and nurture. Uh, we are all born with certain genetic programs which um, come together to determine whether you would be exposed to certain diseases or not. For example, if you are born a female, even though men can have breast cancer, the fact that you are born a female gives you a higher risk of developing breast cancer as against the male counterpart. In the same vein, your risk of getting prostate cancer is zero because you don't have the prostate gland. And so that is the nature aspect of health. But the one which is very vital to us is what we call the nature. And they are the environmental factors and the lifestyle choices that we make which come together to affect whether the genetic makeup will be suppressed or will be flared up. And that aspect is very important when it comes to lifestyle diseases. And so we have what we call non-modifiable and modifiable factors. When we say non-modifiable, I think it's self-explanatory. Um, they are factors that you have no control over. For instance, you cannot determine whether you are born a male or female. Um, you cannot determine the type of race that you are born into, whether you are a black person or a Hispanic or whatever. And they make up the non-modifiable factors. Those ones you have no control over. But what you can control is what we call the modifiable factors. For instance, you could be born into a plus-size family. That one, you can't control it. But at least you can control the number of balls of kinky that you eat. Those are the modifiable factors. They are things that you can have influence on. And those are the things that we would want to address when it comes to uh, lifestyle diseases. All right, so um, a few of the non-modifiable risk factors. Your age, as we age, certain diseases begin to manifest. That's one you can't control. Whether you are born a female or a male, you have no control over that. Um, your family history, if you are born into a family uh, that has the risk of hypertension, that one you have no control over that. But the modifiable risk factors are things that you can do something about. And when you pay attention to that, you can uh, more or less suppress um, your chances of manifesting some of these uh, genetic diseases. And these are a few of them. Um, alcohol, smoking. Well, the Bible says that certain sins are not to be named among Christians. And I hope that we don't have anyone here who drinks and smokes. I mean, if, if God wanted us to smoke, we would have been born with chimneys and smoke vents on our heads. Um, all right, so obesity, the level of activity, physical activity that you expose yourself to, the level of stress that you have, they are all things that you have control over. Um, you can go back uh, one slide for me. All right, 
This picture says a lot. I mean, we've all become victims of technology and um, economic well-being. Uh, in our recent past, if you needed to deliver a message or send something, you necessarily had to move, maybe from your office to the next office. But now, with just a click away, you could transfer some files. You could call someone without moving. And so our level of activity has gone down. You can sit on your couch and with your remote control, you just be flipping the pages, um, the channels on your television. But uh, some years ago, you needed to get up from the couch to go to the television and press. So all these things are having negative effects on us uh, health-wise, and we need to be very careful. Now, there's this um, biblical model that I always want to use as a prototype of uh, nature versus nature. Um, we talk about Moses and Eli. Uh, Moses and Eli are not Nigerian movie characters. They are biblical characters. All right. So there are a few similarities that these two people had. They were both males, genetically programmed to be both males. They both descended from the tribe of Levi, and they were both Israelites. And so if there was any disease that was running in the family line of the Levites, both of them had equal risk. They both had the same occupation. They were priests and judges. And surprisingly, they were in public service for 40 years, each of them. And you could make an argument that both of them were, in quotes, killed by God. But all these similarities notwithstanding, the circumstances of their deaths were different. And we'll see it uh, soon. All right. So Moses died at the age of 120 years. But Eli died at the age of 98. 98 is, is fairly good. But compared to Moses, uh, we will say that he died at a relatively younger age. The Bible says that the strength of Moses did not win at the time he was dying, at the age of 120 years. And his eyesight did not fail. But when it comes to Eli, at the time he was dying, he was very frail and weak. And Bible says that his eyesight was poor. Now, by medical knowledge, we know that apart from senility, apart from the aging process, there are certain medical conditions that can affect our eyesight. One of them is hypertension. The other one is diabetes. Um, the Bible also says that Eli was fat. If you read the biblical account, when the news was told him that his two sons had died and the ark of God had been captured, the Bible says he fell and broke his neck because he was fat. And so um, we see that these two men, even though they had all these similarities, their life choices determine how they died. We can say that Moses died of natural causes. God called him up to the mountain and he died. However he died, we were not given the detail, whether he was clapped to death or, you know. But 
at least I can make an intelligent guess that Ellie might have died from heart attack and probably head injury because he was fat. I can even say that he probably had diabetes and hypertension. He was fat, he died of heart attack and all that. Now, what caused this? Moses was a very active man. He was moving on the desert. He was a warrior, going for wars and all that. And so we see that he had a lot of physical activity. But when it comes to Eli, Eli was a resident high priest. Apologies to the resident pastor. Um, maybe a few occasions he carried the ark of God to the war front. And probably when he was a young person, he enlisted in the army. But for the most part, he was in Shiloh, um, going about his priestly duties from the temple to the house and all that. So he wasn't doing a lot of physical activity. Um, when we read the Levitical account, most of the regulations regarding the sacrifices in the work of the priests were being laid down in the time of Moses. And so they were not so well as entrenched when Moses was around. But when Eli was high priest, the Levitical order was well established. And by law, every sacrifice that was made the priest had certain entitlement of the animal portion. And so you could say that there was abundance of meat in the house of Eli. And so he was eating a lot of fat, animal fat. But Moses, on the other hand, was eating manna and maybe a few vegetables and all that. And so we see that um, the two... The two of them, even though they had the same genetic predispositions, both males, both Levites, both Israelites, did the same work, public service for the same period. Their lifestyle choices determined how long each of them lived and how they died. And so the choices you make as far as your health is concerned are very important. It is good to pray. It is good to do all that. But we also need to take very uh, intelligent choices when it comes to our health. Uh, time is not my ally. And some of the earlier speakers have spoken about some of the things. When we talk about lifestyle diseases, they are non-infectious. It's not like swine flu and all that which you can um, get from another person. They are the Diseases that come about as a result of the life choices we make. Now, the, the overt diseases that we see, the cancers, the heart diseases, and all the other things, they are underpinned by um, a lot of the things that we do, the decisions we take, the meals we eat, the level of physical activity, and all that. Um, and this is... Um, that where we have gotten to now. In our recent past, the diseases we were struggling with were mostly infectious diseases, pneumonias and tuberculosis and what have you. We are still not out of the woods yet, but at least we've made some strides. 
But now, because of our westernized culture, we are seeing a lot of the diseases which hitherto were diseases that were known in the Western world. Obesity, diabetes, hypertension, um, kidney failure, and all that. And um, we are all at risk. And these are some of the lifestyle diseases, notable among them hypertension, diabetes, obesity, overweight, and abnormal cholesterol levels. Um, when we talk about high blood pressure, it simply means that when your BP is measured, you are registering um, 140 over 90 or above. Recently, the value has even been downgraded by the British, uh, British Medical Journal. And Next slide, please. All right, so these are some of the risk factors for developing um, hypertension. Obesity, inactivity, um, consumption of alcohol, smoking, low levels of calcium and magnesium and potassium. These things, we find them in milk and yogurts and bone, if you have low levels, if you are stressed. And salt, when we talk about salt, we are essentially talking about sodium. And sodium, um, a lot of the preservatives that are used in our canned foods, most of them contain sodium. Most of our commercial seasoning products, they contain sodium. So they may not necessarily taste salty, but you would be tipping the balance of sodium level in your body to the, the high limit if you are consuming a lot of um, this uh, products. Um, some of the effects, you can have effects on the brain, the heart, the kidneys, the eyes, as I've said. There can be bleeding into the brain, you can have kidney failure, your heart muscles may be enlarged, you cannot pump blood well, you can have heart attack. We've heard of people who are alive, you saw them in the morning, they went to work, and then in two minutes you hear that they have died. Probably they went into heart attack because the muscles have become so big they could not pump blood to the heart itself for it to supply to the rest of the body. Um, diabetes, he's talked about, if you have high levels of uh, glucose. Um, risk factors, there are things you cannot control. We won't talk about them. If you have low levels of activity, if your weight is high, if you have high cholesterol uh, levels, you can develop um, diabetes. What are some of the symptoms? Uh, you are always tired, you eat, but you don't grow fat. You are always thirsty because you are weaving a lot. You have risk of developing ulcers which will not heal. Um, risk of developing uh, recurrent infections, especially in the women, recurrent candidiasis and all that. The men may have bedroom issues and all these are signs of um, diabetes. So in the Okay, so let's jump to the very end of the presentation. Uh, I have just two minutes. So please go, I'll tell you to stop. IT. Yeah, go. Okay, all right. So um, the previous slide. All right. So. Um, how do we control or reduce our risk? 
level of activity is important. Um, at least 150 minutes of high level activity. When we talk about high level activity, it means activity that makes you sweat and makes your heart beat faster. If you are working leisurely, you can work leisurely for three hours. You won't benefit. But if you are doing physical activity that makes you sweat, even for 15 minutes, that is good enough for you. Next uh, slide. You try to decrease your weight. Most of the models we see are this. You see someone who has a pot belly, and they will tell you, will crash your weight in one month. It is unrealistic. I mean, but studies have shown that even if you are plus size and you are able to decrease your weight by just 5%, you may not get this six pack, but at least just that 5% drop uh, is beneficial. Next slide. Next slide. Healthy eating. Above is an authority there, so he'll talk about us. Water. Water is very important. How do you know you are drinking enough water? Check the color of your urine. If your urine is in this range, it means that you are not drinking a lot of water. You need to drink a lot of water. A lot of headaches, a lot of dry coughs and all that. It could just be because you, you are not taking enough water. And have enough time to sleep. At least seven to eight hours. Okay, move, move, move. Move, move, move. Okay, the, no, go back. All right, so um, I'm ending, no, the next slide, all right. Okay, so, I mean, we are Christians and we can't discount the role of the divine when it comes to health. I mean, there are people who have done all these things we are talking about, and yet they died. And so, uh, as Christians, we should also seek the face of God. And the proverb says, um, when we follow the laws and teachings of God, they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. The book of Proverbs says that the, the, the beauty of old age is gray hair and it is found on the path of righteousness. So I believe as we seek God and walk with him and do these few things, uh, we'll stay in good health and be useful to our communities. God bless you. God bless you so much, Dr. Mayodin. Um, thank you so much. So you realize that time is not uh, on our side, so we'll find other times where we can have all of us to do something like that next year. We'll plan a whole week for health, and then we'll deal with it. I will impress upon pastor to allow us to do that. We want to take three questions, three powerful questions, and then we'll answer them quickly. So if you have a question, the first to come here will be the first to ask the question. The first three, then we are done. Any questions, quickly. First three. We don't have questions. Wow. Any questions? Okay. Is that Shelly I see there? Wow, what a shock. Shelly. Okay, so Shelly will come and ask a question. Kwekunipa. Okay, my question is to the chiropractic people. They're looking good. Thank you. Usually we hear that when you use a mattress for a long time, 
you can get these um, stabilizations. I wanted them. I wanted them to answer first. Okay. Second question. Second question. Okay. Stabilization. Can you please come and answer the question? No, I, I'm not seeing any. Okay, ask your question. Mine has to do with a certain. Mm. When the chiropractic people were talking, they didn't talk, say anything about how we sit. But I want to ask how the sitting posture affects so that okay. some of us can be taught to sit well. Thank you. Third question. All right. Um, I would like to ask um, those that drink alcohol, but in the end, like when it's early in the morning, they still end up going for exercises, but later they still go back and go and drink. Is there anything like any health related issue? All right, so we answer these three questions and we are done. Before we answer the question, um, car number GE. 9432-14. Your car is liable to theft. Car number GE 9432-14. Your car is liable to theft. Please move out and attend to it. Okay, last question. Okay. Uh, my, my question goes to the last presentation that he did. He made mention of high intensive activity, activity that will make you sweat and make your heart beat faster. And I want to ask him that having sexual intercourse is an exercise. All right, thank you very much. Okay, so to the first question um, about the mattress, right? We are to use the orthopedic mattresses. It shouldn't be too hard, it shouldn't be too soft. And then when you are sleeping, we have sleep signs. When you are sleeping, you should sleep lying on your back and then sideways. That's the best position of sleeping. You shouldn't be seen sleeping lying on your stomach. It's wrong. Because when you sleep lying on your stomach, you wake up getting tired. Then somebody who has slept with what? Sleeping on the right back and then sideways. So that's the best position. And then with, with the women that have the, we have been endowed, right? When you are sleeping, you use your pillow. You make sure that the pillow is aligned with your ears and then the shoulder. Then you have one at your lower back and then one between your thighs. So as you are turning sideways, you can still have the correct alignment of the spine. All right. And then with the sitting posture, um, I wish I could demonstrate for you all to see. When you are sitting, you should sit down sitting upright. Okay? Sit upright. Then the ears align to the shoulder and the hip. Okay. Okay. So this is the... B I should turn it. Okay. So you all see my back? Oh. <laughs> Okay. Still. Can you see me from here? Okay. Okay. 
So now, this is the best position of sitting. So you can see that my back, my lower back, within this space, you can see it, right? So that means my ears and waist and hip must be aligned. It shouldn't be this way. It shouldn't be this way either. Your, your spine must be seen in the correct alignment whilst you are sitting. You sit and then you chest out like kings and queens because that's how we are, right? So you sit down like that. That's the best posture. Your feet flat on the floor. So anyone who see me from this way, I have the correct alignment of the spine. Anyone see me from this way also sees the same thing. So that's the best way of sitting. On this note, please sit well. Please sit well. Please sit well, oh, sit well. Okay. All right, thank you very much. My ending will answer the third one. He's an elder, so I'm sure he can answer that question. All right, thank you. Um, with regards to the question on alcohol, um, I'll wear my medical hat and then my biblical hat. Um, when it comes to medicine, they have allowable limits, which um, people are um, supposed to take within a week, and it is measured in units. Um, and they say you cannot go above 21 um, units in a week. And for a unit is uh, about a wine glass, uh -huh, is equivalent to one unit. Um, but um, when I wear my biblical hat, uh, Proverbs chapter 30 says that it is not for kings, oh Lemuel, to drink wine or strong liquor. And Revelation says that we are kings and priests unto God. So if you are sitting here, um, I would not encourage you to drink. I mean, we see it a lot. So corporate bodies who organize, keep fit, exercise and all that. And then after they keep fit, they'll go and sit down and quaff beer and all that. You are like this airway dance where they take one step forward and two steps backward. You have just replenished whatever you lost, whatever you benefited from the exercise by drinking alcohol. So for Christians, it is a no-no. Amen. Um, is sexual activity exercise. As you can see, I'm not married. So I'm not an authority in the bedroom. Oh, really? I don't know. Like, if... seriously? <laughs> My idea, like, seriously? But, I mean, there are, there are all kinds of exercises you can do. And you don't need a lot of, I mean, gardening, playing soccer, um, keep fit, walking briskly, and all that. They are all forms of exercises. The other one... Uh, I, I am not an authority in that. So. Okay, I'll let uh, Dignes Esuyama please answer that for us. The, is sexual activity a form of exercise? She's a health personnel too, and, uh, and a Dignes, so I'm sure. Hello. I think it's an exercise for the married people. Because... When, when you are at it, the heart rate, the heart pumps so fast that it becomes an exercise.
But it shouldn't, it shouldn't be an exercise for the unmarried. Amen. Thank you very much. Please put your hands together for mommy. All right, so the, the thing also is that you cannot be having sex every day. All right? It's not possible. And you need exercise every day. So find ways of exercising yourself. That is the way to do. It's very important. So when we close service, we have a shed here for the screening. We are doing weight and height, body fat analysis, BMI determination, and consultation by dietitians. I'm around dietitian Peggy, soon to become Dr. Peggy is around, and I have some other dietitians around. We are doing um, BP measurements. We are doing, um, we are doing hepatitis B test. We are doing um, malaria tests, and we are doing HIV tests. It's in the basement. Don't be scared. You must know your HIV status. Everybody must check the BP before you go. We are doing breast screening also at the basement. We have a clinical psychologist around. If you have any issue, it's not only when you are that you must see a clinical psychologist. You can see a clinical psychologist with any issue. It's therapy. We have doctors to do some quick consultation for you. And we have pharmacists around to advise you on medicine. So take advantage. When you close, don't be in a hurry to go home get sorted out, get tested. This is coming to you free of charge, and I'm sure you'll take advantage of it. Can we get some music and get a dancing? Hallelujah. Are you with me? We want to take our tithes and offering, a tenth of the things that God has given to you. We want to take our tithes and offering. We have Legon Pensa. Uh, we have Legon Pensa. And their president worshiping we ask. Can we give a, can you give us a wave? Legon Pensa president and their guys. All right. Thank you very much. You are invited. Please come every time. When you finish school, come and fellowship here. Okay? Shall we please be on our feet as we take our tithes and offering? Hallelujah. Shall we please write? This in the round throne of glory, we shall sing Hosanna. This in the round throne of glory, we shall sing Hosanna. Oh, we shall sing Hosanna. We shall sing Hosanna. Dancing around the throne of glory. Dancing around, dancing around the throne of glory. Dancing around, dancing around the throne of glory.
song and next time we sing it hallelujah god bless you amen let's give a crap offering unto the lord once again and we want to appreciate the health team or committee for putting uh, today's service together in terms of the various health presentations. We salute you for the good delivery. Amen. And the business fair is also ongoing, so after service, you have the time to visit the stands. Before the other announcements comes, uh, all presbyters, please, just after service, we meet briefly at the pastor's office. We meet briefly at the pastor's office. There are two letters that I want to read to you. The first one is from the chairman's office, and the second one is from the area head's office. So I am reading the Chairman's letter first. Dearly beloved, may grace, peace, and mercy from the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you all. Christmas message. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. I wish you all a happy Christmas. On behalf of the Executive Council, I express thanks to all of you for your services to the church and as such to the Lord throughout the year 2017. Christmas reminds